Wonderful. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be together. Come in, find a seat. Say hello to the person you're sitting next to or in front of or behind. Say it's great to see you. Wonderful. Welcome. It is good to be together. It is good that the sun is out. Hallelujah. We're still almost approaching spring, aren't we? And uh, it is good to be together to worship and praise God together this morning. If you're here for the first time, a big welcome to you. We love having visitors and new people amongst us, and we hope that you feel at home with us this morning. If you're a child, give me a wave. Thank you, Clem. Thank you, Christine, Roger. There's lots and lots of children here this morning. For the first song this morning, Jules, thanks, Jose. There's going to be, uh, during the first song this morning, Jules is going to be doing actions down this side. Uh, so if you want to join in, uh, come and join in. If you want to join in from where you are, you can do that. Uh, but parents, feel free to bring your children down and uh, enjoy the actions together. Just for the first for the second song, it's freestyle. You can do whatever you want and see if people follow you. So there we go. We can have some fun in the second song. This morning is the start of our gift week, and uh, we'll explain more about that in a moment. But you should find on a seat near you an envelope. Um, so feel free to put that under your chair for the moment or um, just consider it as we spend our time worshipping um, and we'll explain more in a little while. Wonderful. Let's stand to our feet, shall we? Isn't God good? All the time. Colossians 1 says this. This is Paul writing, and he says, We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may have a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We worship you. We thank you that you have drawn us into your kingdom. Thank you that whilst we were still sinners, dead in sin, you came to us and you rescued us and you've brought us into the kingdom of light. We want to turn our thanks into praise. We want to give you the worship that you deserve. Lord, stir our hearts. Help us to hear your voice this morning. Clear out anything that is blocking us from hearing you and help us to be an encouragement to one another, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Jason's going to lead us in worship. Thank you very much. 
gentle mercy endure it forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endure it forever. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you. Your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you.
the silence you won't let go in the questions your truth will hold your great love will lead me through you are the peace in my troubled sea Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea my tomorrow brings with each morning I'll rise and sing my God's love will lead me through you are the peace in my troubled sea you are the peace in my troubled sea my lighthouse my lighthouse shining in the darkness Lord, we worship you this morning. You are worthy of praise. Thank you that we can lean on you and we can trust in you. You are our lighthouse, Lord Jesus. You are the one that we run to. You are the light in the darkness, and we praise you and we worship you this morning. We thank you, Lord, and we declare this morning, you are faithful. Through the storm, you are faithful. Thank you that you never give up on us, no matter what we're going through. No matter what situation we're going through this morning or this week or this year, you are faithful and that never changes. We thank you, Lord. Let me 
for the children and young people to, to go downstairs. But let's not lose where we, where we are in worship this morning. Let's press into God this morning. Lord, I want to pray for the children and young people as they go downstairs. We pray, would you come and pour yourself out on them, Lord. Help them to encounter you and meet with you this morning.
You're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Sing I cast my mind. I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus died and died for me. I see His wounds, His hands, His feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. Body bound and drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone, Messiah still and all. Shall we? Re- 
spend a bit of time resting on on what we've just sung and what that means if you've been a Christian for a a long time if you've known God for a long time then maybe that's just refreshing your your memory of what God has done for you the freedom that he has given you this morning maybe you don't know who God is and you want to respond for the first time Let's do that right now. Where we are, let's respond to what God is speaking to us about. It'll be personal to you. What is God speaking to you about this morning? What is God saying in your hearts? But there's someone here who needs to take a step of faith. There's a situation maybe or there's a mountain you feel that's in your way. And God is saying, take a step. Take a step of faith. It's really tough. The situation is really, really tough. But he's saying, take a step of faith today. got you. Fall into my arms. I've got you. When sorrows 
Just as Jason brought that word a moment ago, I just feel like God reminded me of something that happened yesterday. I was playing uh, with Taylor outside and suddenly this car came past and it squashed a glass bottle and you just heard the tire go. And then the next car came along and it went. 
as the tire just getting, and third car going, and I feel like just as Jason brought that word, I feel like God reminded me of that. And someone here, or maybe a few people, just felt like situation after situation, it's just gone, and you just feel, where has that come from? It is well with my soul. Just hear those words again. Let them seep into our hearts. It is well with my soul. Whatever comes our way. It is well with my soul because the Lord is good. He is merciful. He is compassionate. He's not far off, but he is near. Let's just sing that again together. take our seats. Wonderful. Father, we thank you that you're here with us, and we thank you for what you're already doing, and we say continue. Holy Spirit, continue to speak to us. Continue to shape us. Continue to walk with us this morning. Draw each of us closer to you that we would know you and know your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to take time now to uh, start our gift week. For many or for some, you might have already given into this gift week, uh, especially if you're aware of kind of the tax implications. Um, But for us as a church, today is the start of our gift week. And if you're new to us, you might be going, what on earth is a gift week all about? Well, Roughly around twice a year, uh, we look to have gift weeks that we specifically look to give together into something that we feel that God has called us to, or, or to serve in our local community, or, or to uh, a certain ministry or area of church life. And previously, it's been something maybe, maybe entirely community-focused, uh, like serving our local schools, and at other times we've focused... See you later. Or at times, it's been a harvest ministry that we particularly wanted to give um, to, like, helping to clear our mortgage for this building. As a church, we have the privilege. You know what? This building is a real privilege. Uh, The previous church that Jules and I were a part of, uh, we had been in the process of building projects for about 20 years. And when we left, it still nothing was happening. It now has, hallelujah. But nothing was happening. So to come here, we were like, wow, what a blessing this building is. And what a blessing this building is to our local community. Thousands of people every month come through this building from our local community. And we get to serve them and love them and care for them. We also provide a space for us to gather here on a Sunday and midweek in many different ways. So it's a real blessing. And this week, this gift week, I want to encourage us to each of us 
Go away if you haven't already come prepared and think and pray and let God speak to us about how we can grow in the grace of giving, grow in giving in what we have uh, to what God wants us to give towards. And so we can all grow, whether that's giving something or anything into this gift week for the first time, giving regularly for the first time, or considering if we can just give our time in some area or another to others. This should never feel like something that we have to do, but rather we want to encourage each of us to seek God, to say, God, what would you have me give? What would be a faith gift this week that I can trust you with in what I have? That we offer ourselves and our finance to him and that we're led, each of us, individually. Hopefully most of us have seen the update that has been out over the last two weeks um, with more details about the gift week and there's a link to a video from Andrew from beyond his sabbatical. Uh, It was pre-recorded before he went on sabbatical, so there's a video there. If you didn't get that, uh, come and speak to myself or Karen, give us a wave, or come and speak to Karen down here, and she will give you a link for that video. But just to let you know um, where the money is going to go for this gift week, we want to continue to help clear the mortgage. There's about £180,000 to go. We have seen that decrease in amazing ways over the last few years or last number of years. And so 180,000 to go. We want to see that continue to go down so that, so that we can focus on other areas uh, of ministry and uh, focus our resources on that. So about 65 or 65% will go towards that. 25% of uh, what we give together will be assigned to funds for unexpected one-off costs for this building. Uh, this building sometimes can suddenly throw up surprises uh, of, of things that need fixing and doing. So we want to put that aside uh, in case that happens. And we also want to be looking outwards. We, we always want to be looking outwards, but we want to be looking outwards for international mission. And uh, so 10% will go towards that. And particularly we'll be uh, considering Kate Tolhurst in Uganda and looking to, to support her through that 10% as well. Just a few instructions before the chaos begins. There are envelopes on uh, every other chair, so you can use that envelope to write in a pledge or put in cash inside of the envelope if you want to do cash or check. Um, And that can be for regular giving or just for the one-off gift week uh, on that envelope. There's also a flyer called our giving flyer, which you can find over on the table over here. That will give information on how to set up uh, gift aid uh, so that we can get extra little pounds from the government uh, towards this gift week as well. And that's if you're a tax giver uh, or tax giver, taxpayer. Depends how generous you are, doesn't it? Uh, So that you can fill that in and we can claim back um, from the government. As I said, if given cash, please use envelopes. Wonderful. Let's stand, shall we? We're going to pray. We've got two baskets on either side. Jason and the band are going to lead us uh, in a song of worship. If you want to use this time to go play something in the basket, you can. If you just want to use this time to pray and consider, Lord, what would you have me give? You can. If you just want to worship and fix your eyes on God because you feel he's doing something in you this morning, you just want to keep focusing on him, you can. Be free. Father, we thank you for your great generosity to us. 
where would we be without your love and mercy on our lives? Where would we be without all that you've given to us? We say thank you. Thank you, Lord God. We pray as a church this morning and this week, you would speak to us. Speak to us as individuals and speak to us together how we might give to what you've called us to as a church. How we might serve our local community better and serve you and your name in this nation and in the nations beyond. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. We commit our finances. We commit our health. We commit our time. We commit our spirits to you. Have it all, Lord. Have it all. Speak to us, we pray, in this moment. In Jesus' name. Amen. Your love is amazing, steady and unchanging. Your love is a mountain from beneath my feet. Your love is a mystery, how you gently lift me. When I am surrounded, your love carries me. Your love is surprising, I can feel it rising, all the joy that's growing deep inside of me. Every time I see you, all your goodness shines through, I can feel this God song rising up in me. Hallelujah, 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 your love makes me Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Your love makes me sing. 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 Hello, we worship you and we praise your name. Thank you, Lord. We're going to hand over to Rob, who's going to lead us in God's Word. Okay, are we on? We are on. Good, thank you. Isn't it good to have uh, Nathan and Jules and family back together, isn't it? It's together with us, and it's great. And... uh, 
it's really great as other elders real to share the responsibility. <laughs> but it's been a good week. Okay, let's just pray briefly. Father, we just ask that you would just speak to us through your word this morning. Father, we pray that you will actually just help us to focus and to hear what you have to say to us, Lord. And pray you, you would bless each one of us as we delve into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So I hope that uh, you've all been enjoying our series on Psalms. And I think like many of you, I've always found the book of Psalms to be really helpful. Whatever my circumstances, there are answers to our serious questions on life. There is support in our sorrows and difficulties. There's strength when we are disturbed or even depressed. And there is joy, isn't there, in our salvation through Jesus and our special living relationship with him. So you may think, well, hold on a second. You said Jesus then. We're talking about Psalms today. And we are. And Jesus wasn't on earth when the Psalms are written down, obviously. But some Psalms in particular speak of Jesus. And actually, if you look at the Psalms as a whole, they echo Jesus throughout all the Psalms. But we're going to look at one special Psalm this morning. I say special because it's special to me. I think this is a Psalm that really speaks to me. Um, often referred to as the servant psalm, Psalm 22, which is actually quoted in all four of the Gospels. So let's read through this psalm together. Uh, I know many of you will know it well, and we'll, we'll try reading through that together. So it's a bit small, isn't it? Sorry. It's a long psalm. I think there's about four or five slides of it, so we're going to read through it fairly, fairly swiftly. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. And yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there's no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. Whoops. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax, it has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a pot's herd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and they cast lots of my garments. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. 
I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. It's a great psalm, isn't it? And it's amazing that in some ways it's quite straightforward. In other ways, it's really complex and quite difficult to understand. But Psalm 22 is a psalm that reassures and comforts us as well as challenging us in terms of our relationship with God and our understanding of what God the Father has done for us through his son Jesus. So perhaps to understand this psalm, the best place to start is with the author of the psalm, David, the renowned king of Israel. Let's just remind ourselves about David who became king of Israel. We know David wanted to please God, even as a small boy. He chose to go and fight Goliath, literally a giant of a man. Why? Because Goliath was mocking God. He was mocking God's people, Israel. And there was no one in the army of Israel who seemed to be able to stand against Goliath. So David chose to fight Goliath, didn't he, with a a sling and stones. Because Goliath was insulting God. He destroyed Goliath in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel. David had courage in his heart because his faith was placed entirely in God. He refused the armor of men. He chose the armor of God. And yet we also know that this was the same man who sometimes gave in to weakness and sin, such as when he saw the beautiful Bathsheba, behaved dreadfully towards her husband Uriah by having him killed in battle so he could take Bathsheba to himself. And of course, there were consequences. The son he had with Bathsheba died. So I'm saying that again today because we need to understand that David was an emotional man. At times deceitful and murderous, but at other times so close to God's heart. Having such a desire to follow God and also recognizing God as the great I am and seeking to be righteous and obedient, but often made mistakes, some of them huge. Do we identify with that? Do we think of the times we've made huge mistakes, sometimes with God? So according to people who've studied the Bible for a long time, he wrote at least 73 of the Psalms in the Bible at various times, 
often referring to dif difficult situations in his life in front of God. For me, that's really wonderful because David shows us how we too can have a powerful, loving relationship with the Lord our God, which supersedes everything else in our life, even if we make big mistakes, even if we're going through terrible turmoil in our lives due to our mistakes or just situations which we encounter which are beyond our control. And David shows us in the Psalms that God is for us in all circumstances, as only he can truly understand us. Only he can acknowledge our true weaknesses and failings alongside our love for him and our desire to please him. Nobody seems to know at what point in David's life Psalm 22 was written, but it highlights the struggles and the difficulties we all face alongside the truth, the truth that God is in control in all circumstances and that we are encouraged to reach out to our Father, whether in praise and adoration or even in our deepest despair when we struggle. So when we read this psalm, it's impossible to do so without seeing that David was also writing prophetically of the suffering that Jesus, God's Son, would have to endure in obedience to the Father. God knew exactly what was required to deal with David's sins, to deal with our sins. He knew how vital it was in his, his great plan for Jesus to serve Father God, for Jesus to suffer in terrible circumstances, and in his obedience to die in excruciating pain on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. So let's just look at some specific verses from this psalm which demonstrate the prophetic elements in, in this psalm which were written by David and compiled several hundred years before the crucifixion of Jesus. We only need to look at the Gospels to see that several parts of this psalm are written there in the Gospels. The Gospel of Matthew, for example, in chapter 27, quotes four times from Psalm 22 directly when he's writing about the crucifixion and death of Jesus that he has witnessed. Imagine the situation the disciples found themselves in, seeing Jesus arrested and sentenced to death by crucifixion. They knew the scriptures. I'm sure they knew the psalm as well. Certainly, that would have been something they would have read and studied. And they had their eyes open when they saw Jesus risen from the dead. And then everything started to fall in place. So this is a bit small as well, isn't it? This is from Psalm 22. These are the main verses, verse 14 to 19, which describe the crucifixion of Christ. Poured out like water, all my bones are out of joints. My heart has turned to wax, it's melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a pot's herd. Pot's herd. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. 
people stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them. They cast lots for my garments. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. So let's just remind ourselves of how the disciples understood Psalm 22 and quoted parts of it as we've seen. Matthew in chapter 27 talks about how they crucified him, how they divided his garments amongst them by casting lots, directly tying that in with Psalm 22. In verse 39, Matthew says, those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads. Verse 43, he talks about trusting in God. Trusting in that God would deliver Jesus. And verse 46, those famous words, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? And other verses in Psalm 22 refer directly to the crucifixion. So there they are, those four different verses in Matthew 27. And in yellow there, you'll see the little pieces of that psalm which directly come, which directly come from this Matthew 27 because Matthew is quoting from Psalm 22. He understands that this was God's will and this was what God wanted to happen for Jesus. You see, the account of the crucifixion is so important that God gave David a revelation of what would happen in the future. And he wrote it down. David wrote it down for all to see. And it became especially important for each of them and for each of us. The crucifixion cannot be ignored. So now we too, we look back we're amazed at how God spoke through David so he was able to foretell the crucifixion in so much detail. But why was that so important at the moment of the crucifixion? Why did God want to declare to David that God's own son would be forsaken? Why did God speak to David at that time? The message of the cross is so vital, isn't it, to Jews and non-Jews. Such a crucial event that God wanted to demonstrate his truth by providing a glimpse of the future to validate what happened. God wanted everyone to have the opportunity to understand the importance of the suffering of the Son of God, Jesus. The importance of the death of his son, Jesus, on the cross. And obviously the importance of the resurrection of his son, Jesus. Why? so that each of us, all of us, could be freed from the penalty of our own sins and be declared righteous through the blood of Christ. Romans 3, verses 23 to 26. Paul explains why we needed a saviour. He says, there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. He says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement 
through the shedding of his blood. We'll come back to that word in a second. To be received by faith. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justified those who have faith in Jesus. We have all sinned and we've all fallen short to the glory of God. All of us, no exceptions. Every one of us has sinned. We've all failed at times. And however we tried, however hard we tried, we could not become righteous in our own strength. There's no way that we could rectify this situation by ourselves. We needed a saviour. There is only one way that our Heavenly Father, the Lord God Almighty, the King of Kings, could deal with our sinfulness. He chose to allow his own true son to suffer and die for the atonement of our sins. Not a word we often see or hear these days is atonement. Even in church, perhaps, it's rarely used, which is sad. But it's crucial that we understand what it means for each of us. Not one of us is totally righteous. We have all done wrong in God's terms. There is only one who is absolutely righteous and without sin, the Lord Jesus Christ. We could not enter God's presence because of our sin, because God cannot entertain sin. God is perfect. We need to be totally cleansed, made righteous. We needed our sins to be paid for. We needed to be redeemed so we could be declared righteous. Not by anything we have done, but by Jesus and his crucifixion, as he was the only man who was ever without any sin. And some would say, but God is a God of love. Surely he would have understood my sin, especially if it's only a little sin. Surely God would ignore that. It wouldn't matter if it's not that important in the big scheme of things. But God is perfect. He's a God of justice, a God of love at the same time. Justice and love together. He could not, he cannot ignore sin. A price had to be paid for our sin. So God sent Jesus to be a propitiation for our sin, for each of us. A propitiation, what does that mean? Jesus was a sacrifice. Jesus bore God's wrath so that the almighty God becomes propitious. In other words, favorably disposed towards us because Jesus has paid the price for my sin, for your sin, for all of our sin. For each one of us who comes to him through his son Jesus. God the Father only can only accept us through Jesus. And we have been declared righteous through the sacrifice of his son. There was no other way. If we look at 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, this is Paul again. I, I love the way that Paul explains things so well. And sometimes it's quite difficult to understand. But he understood exactly what had been going on. He understood God 
better than perhaps anybody. And in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 3 says, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. And in the message that's translated, everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate, a fresh start, comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. So Paul explains that the whole world is accountable to God, our creator. No one, not anyone, no matter how good or how holy they seem or how wonderful they seem, no one can or could be justified by works. We needed a redeemer. Jesus is the only redeemer. He paid the penalty. He dealt with all our sin on the cross, past, present, and future, all of our sin. There were big arguments sometimes in the early church about whether that, that included everything or was it just certain sins. But as we look to see what the Bible actually says and understand the word of God, we see that he's dealt with all of our sin on the cross. God wanted to reveal his righteousness so he can be just and also the justifier of everyone who has faith in Jesus. The love of God, the justice of God are equally important. One does not exist without the other. Our righteousness in God depends quite simply on our faith in Jesus. And we need to live our lives in response to God's amazing love and his amazing justice. Terry Virgo has written a great book called God's Lavish God's lavish grace. And I'll just read you a paragraph from that because I think this really begins to unpick this whole idea of how God has justified us. God has justified you freely. He has given you thorough acceptance in his sight, not because of your changed life, but because of his good pleasure in giving you the very righteousness of Christ. A breathtaking exchange has taken place. God has reconciled you through the sin of his, through the death of his son. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The perfect, spotless righteousness of Jesus Christ has been accredited to your account. The righteousness of Christ is not an abstract concept. Jesus of Nazareth walked the earth and never sinned. He never had to ask his father to forgive him. He never regretted a foolish word or a sinful act. He never had to say sorry to God or to man. Daily, he lived a life of perfect choices, righteous acts and compassionate goodness. A thoroughly righteous life was lived on planet earth by a thoroughly righteous man. And his righteousness has been completely credited to your account. He took your sin and gave you his righteousness. Praise God, he has now provided a perfect lamb for us. Not only could Pilate find no fault with him, 
all heaven knew of him to be innocent, undefiled, and separate from sin. Because no fault can be found with our lamb, we are thoroughly accepted. Let's just pray. Father God, we would thank you this morning. Thank you for Jesus. We appreciate how much he had to suffer. And we appreciate his righteousness. And we appreciate that his righteousness is credited to each of us. We can never thank you enough, Lord. We just want to ask that you would empower us, help us to serve you, to bless you, to honor you in all that we do. And we thank you that when we make mistakes and get things wrong, do wrong things, we thank you that the righteousness of Christ is still credited to our account as we come to you. We thank you for the forgiveness that you bring into our lives. We thank you for your love and your direction. We thank you for your lavish grace. We thank you for all that you have done for us through your son, Jesus. We ask that we might be empowered to share that love and share that righteousness through the acts that we have, Lord, so that we can encourage people to come into your kingdom, Lord. We can encourage people to see you as you really are. And we can enable people, Lord, to understand your righteousness, your love, your justice, that they may know you themselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If uh, there's anybody here that this morning who doesn't know God or doesn't have a relationship with God, please do come and speak to one of the leaders at the close of the meeting because it's important that we help you also to understand that you can be included in God's righteousness and his love. Thank you. That's great. Thank you, Rob. Please, can I echo that? If you're here this morning going, I would love to meet this Jesus. Come and speak to Rob or Clem or myself. We'd love just to chat with you and, and help uh, pray with you and, and lead you towards Jesus. But also for all of us, actually, you might be going and hearing what Rob's just brought to us and going, I want to know Jesus better. Find someone that you trust and love afterwards and just say, please pray for me, or come again to one of us, we'd love to pray for you, that we would grow and know Jesus better. I was also just, I guess just as Rob was speaking there, I was just reading through the psalm and taking it in and just going, for some of us, we'll be reading this psalm and it will feel like we could pray it out ourselves. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Maybe that's how you feel. 
don't let this morning pass without finding someone that you can pray that with, who can come alongside you and encourage you this morning. These psalms, this psalm particularly, obviously, particularly just points us towards Jesus, but the psalms help us to pray as well, to encounter Jesus. So make sure uh, let's do that together. Just before we finish, what time we got? We've got a five minutes before parents need to pick up uh, their children. So we've got five minutes to enjoy refreshments together before we do that. Just before we finish, though, just to let you know, next Sunday evening we have Encounter uh, right here in the building, 7.30, an opportunity to gather together and enjoy extended times of worship and praying for each other uh, and prophesying over each other. So come along. Uh, No need to do anything, just to be uh, and enjoy God together. And uh, finally, if you're a guest here this morning, we have loved having you with us. We hope that you've already connected with a few people. um, But if you haven't, we would love to make sure that we connect with you. And uh, so we'd love to give you one of these welcome packs. You can find them over on a table uh, or our welcome team in purple hoodies and yellow T-shirts clashing brilliantly together. Uh, They can uh, give you one of these as well. And um, we can just work out how we can serve you more in the weeks ahead. Other than that, have a great week and we look forward to seeing you soon.